Welcome, you guys. I'm glad to see you. Um, honestly, I am glad to see you guys. And after doing a little bit of study this week um, on Colossians uh, chapter 4, um, it just brings it all kind of into perspective as, I, as I'm here tonight with you guys. And hopefully um, you guys get the same, um, get the same feeling. So we're going to um, be in uh, Colossians chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 7, and we're going to read through the end of the chapter, uh, which is verse 18. <clears throat> Let me open in a word of prayer before I get started. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you so much for all the kids being here tonight. Lord, I pray that you would just be uh, opening their hearts and their eyes to uh, your word, to your gospel. Lord, I pray that um, those who are believers would be drawn closer to you and those who need you would be saved. Lord, as we go through Colossians or the tail end of it, um, Lord, I pray that you would just impress upon us the importance of the body of Christ, friendship, and um, just supporting one another in all that we do and we say. In your name we pray, amen. <coughs> so I'm going to go ahead and just read it. Uh, like I said, we'll start in verse 7 and read through the end. Tychicus, a beloved brother, faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord, will tell you all the, all the news about me. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that he may know your circumstances and comfort your hearts. With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they will make known to you all things which are happening here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you with Mark, the cousin of Barna Bar Barnabas, about whom you received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him, and Jesus, who is called Justice. These are my only fellow workers for the kingdom of God who are the um, circumcision. They have proved to be a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God, for I bear him witness that he has a great zeal for you and those who are in Laodicea and those in Hierapolis. Luke, the beloved brethren, beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea and Memphis and the church that is in his house. Now when this epistle is read among you, see that it is read also in the church of the Laodiceans, and that you likewise read the epistle from Laodicea and say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. This salutation by my own hand, Paul, remember my chains, grace be with you. Amen. <clears throat> just what is um what is your guys's first impression of that of that last portion of of chapter four just something that pops into your mind as you read it say that again rosie he's expecting his death he's probably he's probably got a good pretty good clue that that's coming what else what else stands out to us as we read this? Yeah, and that's, that's interesting you should bring that up, Bubba, because as I was reading this, I started thinking, who are all these guys, right? And, and I think I've read this passage I don't know how many times, and each time I read it, I've probably just kind of breezed past it, which is kind of not a good thing, because really in this whole portion is written kind of as Paul's closing to the, the 
the book of Colossians. I see. So, um, like I said, to my, to partially to my, you know, own fault, I didn't know who some of these guys were. I at least didn't know much about them. Um, some of what's, some of these guys we don't know a lot about anyway. But so tonight I got tons of <laughs> of notes. So I'm going to try to w- work my way through these. But that's kind of what we're going to be looking at tonight: is who these people are. <coughs> And their role they played with Paul in his ministry. Hey, Joey, did we get that picture? Joey. There it is. Kind of the, um, the reason behind this picture is just that um, I, I was, as I was going through this passage, I read something from John MacArthur, and he put this passage in kind of a cool little phrase. This is kind of Paul's um, group photograph, if you will, of his friends. Um, this is some of my friends. You probably recognize some of them. Can you guys see any of them you recognize? Are we that different? <laughs> so to the very far left, you probably you guys don't know that guy. His name's Kevin Sharp. He lives down south. The next one is who? Come on now. I look better than that. That's Hoyt Bradley. So the next guy in line is who? That's Jeff Summers. So the next guy in line, you guys might know him. His parents just moved away from here. Steve and Linda. Rogers. So that's Kevin Rogers, one of their sons. And, of course, that's me. And then another one of our friends down there in the front. Looking back at this picture... I see all the different ways that these guys have impacted my life in one way or another. And even as we look around in our community now and the impact these guys are having in our own community now, kind of fits into what Brandon was preaching about on Sunday, right? They've, they're in, they're in our, our community. They're, what was the, not Jerusalem, this isn't Jerusalem, what was the, Judea, thank you, sorry. Um, so anyway, um, even as they look in this room, I can see, well, I probably know most of you, not, some of you not as well as others, but each one of you has something that you've contributed to in my life, whether it be an encouragement or whatever it is. So for that, I'm, I'm, I'm forever grateful. Some of you, I'm, you know, I don't know. <laughs> so in your guys' lives, who has been influential for you guys? Grandparents. No. Who else? Dad. Parents are very influential. <laughs> okay. Other side. So, how many of you think that you could go through this life completely on your own? No. So, all of these people, in some ways, have helps you along that path, right? And we can see that as we look in Scripture, and we can start in the Old Testament. Um, who are, some, who are some, some big players in the Old Testament who needed help in their ministries? Moses? Yeah. Why? 
Why was Moses, how did Moses need help? Right, so he was given Aaron, right? Yeah, do you remember his conversation that he had with God? He said, look, what am I supposed to do? You've made me a babysitter to all these people. They want meat. They, they, if you don't give them something to eat, they're going to be they're gonna be mad. Don't, don't leave me hanging, God. Right? So God, God helped him out. Um, who else? How was Joseph? Who helped Joseph out? Yeah. You guys remember the time when Moses was up on the top of the hill when they were fighting against Amalek? You know, they would start winning, but then Moses' arms would start getting heavy, and they'd start falling down. So then Aaron, Aaron and who else was it, right, would hold his hands, his, hold his, his arms up, and they would start winning again. Um, let's see. Something else I was going to share. Like I said, I got tons of notes. I'm trying to keep them straight in my head. Um There's all types of friends, right? All times of all types of people um, that have different gifts. We all have different gifts. We all have different types of ministries, right? Um, I see people in this room who minister to all kinds of different, all kinds of, of people, whether it's whether it's kids or whether it's older people, whether it's people who are in the hospital. Um, even mothers, mothers um, have a, a great job raising kids, a tremendous job of raising kids, and. Um, how much that plays into their future and how well they 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 make it through life. Some of you even mentioned your moms and the important role that they played um, in your lives. I know my mom was key. My my mom was probably the more the spiritual leader in our house. So um, she was one of the key players that that really kind of grew me in my in my walk with the Lord, especially. Um, let's see. I'm just going to kind of jump into this now. And we'll start weaseling our way through some of who these guys are. And just be patient with me. Like I said, I have a ton of notes. And um, I don't want to get too carried away because there's so much on some of these guys. Like I said, as we go through this, just kind of just kind of picture yourself in our community. Picture yourself in your own spiritual walk. Imagine, try to imagine where you're going and how you might fit into this picture, because each one of these guys has a different has a different role to play, or played a different role. Where are you in that? And in the end, how can we mature in that in that relationship with other people? How do we better support those who are ministering? How do we better minister? And uh, just like I said, hold that in your mind as we go through some of these guys. So to start off with, who's the first guy there? Take a kiss or whatever. That's hard to say. I'm not going to pretend to even take a kiss. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you're here, Bubba. 
Uh, let's see. What do we know about him? You guys remember anything about him? This is one of the ones that there's not a lot about. You kind of have to be really paying attention to the little times that he's mentioned. One of the first times he's ever mentioned was when Paul was putting together a love offering for the church in Jerusalem. And some of the people who were taking that love offering to the church in Jerusalem was Tychicus. So he was one of the servants, if you will, that helped take that, um, that love offering to the church. So he had a part in getting that all together because they went to all the different churches and, and uh, put those offerings together or received those offerings from all the different churches to take to Jerusalem. So he had that servant's kind of role in that, in that, that instance. Um, obviously, he's, he's named here in Paul's first imprisonment, so we know he's with Paul even in this time of, of imprisonment. Um, I'm sorry, I just lost my train of thought. So you guys remember, too, later on, Paul calls for Timothy to come to, come to him because he's, he's starting to see the day's end, and Timothy was a good friend of his. So he tells Timothy, hey, when you come, bring my jacket and some other stuff that I need that I left behind, you know, so... Um, one of the things he does to, to cover the absence of Timothy in his home church is to send Tychicus. There's kind of two options there. We don't know exactly who ended up filling that role. There was Tychicus and, and another, another man. I don't remember his name. But there was, Paul says, I'm going to send one of them to cover for you. So Paul obviously had enough confidence in his ability to lead a church or at least to bring the gospel to um, to these churches to fill in for, for Timothy while Timothy was ministering to Paul in his um, imprisonment. So anyway, um, just to kind of sum up his life, that's not all. I don't know, Bubba, did you have, you know more about him than that? Go for it. So he was, he was a key player in getting some of these, these letters out to some of the different churches. And if you, if you remember, the places he had to go wasn't just next door, right? We're talking about hoofing it 100 miles, then taking a boat ride another however far. So this was not just, you know, your everyday, you know, jog down to the, the grocery store. And it would take days to get there. And he carried multiple messages to multiple people. 
So he had he was kind of the servant of the bunch. Sure. Yeah, danger. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. No. So um, I just want to bring to mind that when he first talks about, when Paul first mentions Tychicus there, he says, a beloved brother and a faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord. So he calls him a beloved, a beloved brother, kind of a term of endearment. Um, you can't get any closer than that um, in my mind. Um, some of these guys, you know, that Hoyt and I have spent quite a bit of time, and so Jeff and I have as well. Um, I would call both of them beloved brothers. Um, they are guys that um, whenever time is necessary, I can call, and either one of them will, will answer and, you know, talk to me. And I've had, I've had, you know, had one of them, or Hoyt at least, um, has was led by the Holy Spirit to just give me a call one day and um, really was kind of a pivotal person in, in a really critical time of my life. So um, just that servant's heart, that servant heart being keen also to the Holy Spirit, and that's something that we can think about too as we um, strive to be servants of the Lord is being open to the Holy Spirit and when the Holy Spirit is leading you not to, not to um, push it aside. Okay, any other any other comments there? Who who's a servant? Who do we see around here who's a servant? Mike Og. That's undeniable, right? His servant's heart is is above none I've ever, ever seen. Um, what a huge, tremendous example to me. I mean I've known Mike since I was in college and you know he's always been that way. It's not just something he puts on here at church. You know, he was like that outside of the doors of the church. So to that, I'm grateful. Thank you. I mean, there's other servants in here. Don't don't get me wrong. I just, I know Mike on a much <laughs> deeper level than I do some of you guys. I mean, I, I mean, sure, I, like I said, I could name probably all of you as, as some sort of servant in some way. Okay, who's next on the list there? Who's that? Onesimus? Who's Onesimus? He was a slave. Philemon, right? We see him we see him in the book of Philemon, right? We we see how he runs away. He runs away from Paul. Or not Paul. He runs away from uh Philemon, sorry. <laughs> All these names rattling around in my head. So he runs away, right? Well, he ends up in the same town that Paul's at. You know, who knows? Who knew, you know? So Paul runs into him, and Paul, being who Paul is, says, wait a minute, time out. You have to go back. You have to be restored back to your master. You know, so um, he does, right? He goes back, and he gets, he is restored. Well, then th the scriptures indicate that he goes back as a brother, Right, he doesn't go back as a fleeing uh, slave. He goes back as a brother, so he goes back as a believer, if you will. Right, back to his, back to Philemon. What else do we know about Philemon or uh, Onesimus? 
need to catch up here in my notes. Try not to, yeah. <laughs> um, so this that's also in my notes that the the part about him being one of the pillars of the Colossian church. Um, it's most likely they say if you were to look at Philemon and read it, it's most likely that the church met in Philemon's house. It says in verse two of Philemon, the church in your house. Uh, Philemon was a convert, convert of uh, the Apostle Paul. Verse 19 of Philemon says that you owe me, like you said, you owe. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you owe to me your own self. So, again, giving Paul the credit for his, his uh, faith in Christ. Okay, sorry. Um, who's next? What would we, what would we, before we move on, what would we call, if we were to call Onesimus something, or if we were to give him a title? Beloved brother, okay. Yeah, please. also calls him um, his very heart. He labels, he says, um, Onesimus is my very heart. Sorry, brother, I didn't mean to interrupt you. And one of roles, one of the roles of, of Tychicus was to kind of get the pulse of the church and see kind of where they were at, and to kind of um, be there, be an encourager to them, and to also tell the people um, 
what was going on with Paul. Obviously, they were concerned about him, so Paul wanted him to be able to convey to them his, his circumstances and how he was handling all of that. Okay, so we'll look at the third, the third person here, which was uh, Aristar, Aristarchus. Um, so Aristarchus is the man with a sympathetic heart. Um, how do we know him? Okay. He was called a, he was called a fellow prisoner. So he was in that group of people who was arrested with Paul. That's yeah. That's what we're talking. So where the riot was when they had the riot there, and he was he was arrested and beat by the by the mob. Um, when Paul um, goes to Jerusalem, he takes uh, Aristarchus with him, um, and they get arrested. It looks like they they get arrested again, and that he was with him through that whole time. Darn. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Feeling all over the place here. So that fellow prisoner term there, I can't say the Greek, the Greek for it, but it means um, one caught with a spear. Literally, it means a war captive or a prisoner. Um, Aristarchus is a is a captive like me. Anything else? So he was with Paul in the, the thick of it. He was there with Paul when he was um, being arrested. He was there when the when the mob was against him. He didn't run away. He was he was there. Uh, let's see who's next here on the list. With Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, he comes to you, welcome him. Why does he say that? You guys know why he says that? What happened with Mark? He left. He had a little squabble with, with who? With Barnabas, right? Barnabas, Paul, yes. Because of Mark. Yep. So, but he doesn't even mention that, right? He just says, hey, take him in. Don't, don't, you know, don't give up on him. Um, here, here it says, this is, Mark was the man with a surprising future. Uh, maybe he had kind of, he got kind of a second chance. And if you, if you um, early in the story of the book of Acts, the Apostle Paul is moving into the excitement of the ministry. As God has called him to the ministry, he decides to take this marvelous young man along. Saul and Barnabas are separated, separated to the work of the Holy Spirit. Paul and Barnabas are separated to the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, in Acts 13, and verse 5 says, 
And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they also had John as their helper. And it's John Mark. Um, Paul always had somebody with him, and, and John was with him, John Mark, the same, the same person there. Okay, so he's the author of Mark as well, which, what's that? Oh, <laughs> oh sorry, yeah. Um, so in Acts fifteen thirty seven, you see that little squabble there. They're going, they're going on their second missionary journey, and Barnabas says to Paul, "Let's take Mark." And Paul goes, "You got to be kidding me! No deal, right?" It's paraphrasing. It's not exactly what he said, but Paul thought it not not good to take him with them. Um, who departed from them in Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. So Paul was just saying, look, he, at one point, he deserted us. Why would I, why would I want to take him now, you know? Um, and Barnabas, Barnabas fights for him. Barnabas kind of says, hey, wait a second, you know, give him a second chance. So he's kind of the reason that um, that union, that reunite that whole union comes back together again. <coughs> okay. I'm just going to move on. There's so much stuff. I got so much stuff here. I could go on forever, I guess. I don't want to feel like I'm just reading it off either. Bobby, do you have anything you wanted to add to that, to Mark? He ends up, Mark ends up um, working together with Peter at some point in his life, too, and they think that that's possibly how that part of his, his coming back around happened. Um, in Philemon 24, um, and see, he says, um, Mark and Aristoc uh, Aristarchus and Demas, Luke, and my fellow workers. So he was a fellow worker. He was in it with Paul. He was doing it. Um, and uh, just in that he was back with Peter, working with Peter, that just helped to draw all that back together again. So then you have Mark, kind of the guy of, the, of second chances, if you will. Yeah, I don't, I, that does sound familiar, but. Like I said, I've got so much written down here. Oh, yes. 
Yes, 2 Timothy 4.11. Um, uh, Paul's writing, and he's closing out his life, and he says to Timothy, only Luke is with me now. Uh, only Luke is left. Take Mark and bring him with you, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. He needs him. Right. He's proven himself. He obviously is... is um, earned Paul's trust, you know, and if you know Paul and his diligence in sending people and all that, he, he knew, he knew what he was all about. He knew he could, you know, trust him to, to do, to do the work and that he was going to be there for it. I think sometimes I see myself, um, kind of like that. Some of my younger years, I kind of started to walk away, you know, and it was Christian friends who kind of, you know, brought me kind of back to center with God. So I kind of I kind of identify with him just a little bit. And some of them, they're, they have their different roles as well, too, right? They're different. They're different. Um, Paul had, I think Paul was capitalizing on their strengths, you know, whether it be, you know, somebody that was going to be with him through the thick and the thin, somebody he could, he could send and trust to send, to take a message to another people, somebody like Mark, um, who, was, who, he, who he says was profitable to me, to me in the ministry. Uh, what, and, and like Bubba said, we have one of his books. You know, the book of Mark. So, I mean, that's more than I've done. Okay. <laughs> uh, moving on after Mark. And we have justice, right? The one in the blue and white shorts? That's a that's a girl. <laughs> There's just a bystander. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, I do know who that person is, but um, yeah. Short-lived. Um, yeah. Friend of a friend. Um, so Kevin and Reed, the, the guy on the very far left and the, the guy in the very front, they both live down by Marysville. And there was a bunch of them that came up with the youth group. We used to go down there when we were kids and just visit all those guys in the summertime. So they were all kind of friends. Some of them are all from the same church. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, I missed it. Okay, where do we go here? We're back to justice. It's funny, every time I read Jesus there, they call him, he calls him Je Jesus first, right? He always takes me off guard. I'm like, wait a minute, what? 
but his name was, we know him as Justice. What do we know about Justice? Okay. He was Jewish. So his name means what? What's his Jewish Jesus mean? Savior in Hebrew, Savior. Can you imagine that? What kind of name would that be? Because in those days, your name was everything, and to live up, you'd have to try to live up to that. So he's called Justice. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Yeah, we don't have any, a whole lot to say about him. Uh, there's, there's not a whole lot that we know about him. Right. But it's worth noting that he is mentioned by Paul. For whatever reason, whatever his role was, um, and just something to think about, you know, as Christians, we have a new identity, a new name, right? That name should reflect Jesus Christ. How well are we doing at that? You know, just to kind of bring that that justice Jesus part into this. You know, we don't really know much about justice, but his name was Jesus. You know, we as Christians have that name, that title that that sets us apart. We are set apart. You know, how well are we doing with that? It's kind of what I was mentioning earlier as we look at some of these people. Think about how we're, how we can identify with some of that and maybe, you know, work on that in our own lives. Okay, who's next? Epaphras? Epaphras, say that again. Epaphras, Epaphras. So he's also a bond servant. But he's a Gentile. Why is that significant? So he, he says here in verse 12, says, Epaphras, who is one of, one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has a great zeal for you and those who are in Laodicea, Laodicea and those in Hierapolis. What would we call that? We know people like that in this church. Prayer warriors, 
people who have a real burden for others and who just spend an enormous amount of time just praying for the people of this church. That's a huge thing. You know, having somebody praying for you. Um, you know, I was down, I was down, I saw CJ the other night down at the hospital and I was just telling him that, you know, so many people were praying for him and he just, he started tearing up, you know, and he was just really, really touched by that, you know, and um, to know that people are praying for you, especially the body of Christ, you know, that they're lifting you up, that their, their, your well-being or your spiritual well-being is on their hearts. How encouraging is that? Um, and again, like I was saying earlier, you know, if the Holy Spirit leads you to do something, you know, it's probably for a reason. You know, if you're pray, you're led or you're, you're urged to pray for somebody, pray for them and maybe even reach out to them. Just come on and say, hey, you know, whatever you're going through, I'm praying for you. You know, offer, offer any other kind of help that you may be able to do there as well. Okay, anything you guys want to add on Epaphras? Brother, do you have anything you want to add to him? That word zeal incidentally means um, pain. So when he says he has a great zeal for you, it means he has a great pain. There's an ache in his heart for your well-being. Okay. Next. Who's next? Luke. You know Luke, right? Luke's a little more, a little more knowable. Who was Luke? He was a physician, right? He was an author. He wrote Luke <laughs> and Acts. Okay, how is that? How is that um, important to um, Paul's ministry? That's interesting. I didn't know that.
just that right but i think it's i think it's 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 an interesting thing to think about when you think about being interested in the body you know luke was interested in physical well-being he had that interest and in how that works not only in the physical body but in the spiritual realm as well um on paul's first missionary journey did you guys realize that luke was with him then and what was interesting about that that time you guys remember or do you know luke spent most of that time sick which which is kind of ironic because then on the second journey paul decides to take him with him you know as his personal physician just i just thought that was kind of strange i i had read it but i didn't really think too much about it but anyway yeah <laughs> Luke was with him the whole entire time. Okay, we're kind of running out of time here, but um, anybody have anything, anything else I want to add there? Okay, so uh, let's see. Just starting in 15 there, it says, Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea and Memphis and the church that is in his house. And then going on, it says, Now when this epistle is read among you, see that all is read also in the church of the Laodiceans, and that you likewise read the epistle from Laodicea, and say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. And that's kind of the thought I, I want to leave with you guys tonight, is that whatever ministry that God has called you to, fulfill it. Live to it. Don't give up on it. If you don't know what your ministry is, seek the Lord for it. If you're good at something, maybe that has a, maybe that's going to, maybe that's a, an avenue that you can use to to have a, a, a ministry, but God has given you that, and if God has given you that, he's given it to you for a purpose, make sure to fulfill that in your life, and then Paul ends by saying, this salutation by my own hand, remember my chains, grace be with you, amen, so remember one another, remember each of us in our, in our struggles, in our good times, and pray for each other, and most of all, grace to you.